not resigning. We're not resigning. So, so um, what were the bets? Did we have any? Was anyone taking wagers? Did you lose a lot of money? Oh, I was hoping there wasn't like an oh. Like, you know, when I said I'm not, you know, like disappointment ripples across the room. Oh shoot! Um, I promise when that time comes, I'm going to be far more dramatic than a family meeting. Like, honestly, I, I imagine that. Day. No, no. <laughs> very good. But hey, so um, back in August um, 2021, we sat here, Angela and I together, um, and we talked about looking through the lens of opportunity. For me, it felt like a real watershed moment. I hadn't felt the Holy Spirit kind of really um, directing me toward a message or, or the, in, in such a long time, and I felt so excited. I really did feel like, man, anything had the expectation that anything could happen. That anything did happen in the form of painful long lockdowns where we couldn't meet together for most of the year, um, which wasn't the anything I was like, hoping for. But what was incredible was even in those experiences, we were able to see as a church, and I'm sure many of us individually, the fact that the opportunities that come to us in times of suffering or times of hardship. And we reminded, uh, I want to just remind us, I'm going to go through this really quickly, that we have in our own native um, flora and fauna, the piwakawaka as an example, a little bird that, that does something different to most all other birds in that it flies toward risk, knowing that in the place of risk, there is incredible opportunity. I was reminded this week, of many of you may or may not know, that the founder of the vineyard movement worldwide was a guy named John Wimber, and he was famous for lots of things, but one of the things he was, he was most known for is his clever one-liners. And, and when I was thinking about this, I was reminded of, he used to always say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And there are really, I wanted to remind us of four really important whys in Scripture of why we look through or why we live through the lens of opportunity. The first of which is found in Isaiah 6. And really, in, in, um, Isaiah was a prophet. And this portion of Scripture, I'm going to go through really, really fast, is basically where God had called him to, to be a prophet. And, and he has this incredible vision of, of seeing heaven, of going into the throne room. And he sees heaven, and he sees... Um, all the seraphim, and remember that? And they got the coal, and they put it on his tongue, which I always felt, ow, that sounds like, feels like it would really hurt. Um, but it really was a, a symbol of his life being transformed. And then in Scripture, it says, in, later on in, in Isaiah, it says, um, the Lord says, who shall I send as a messenger to the people? Who will go for me? So our first reminder, our first why of living through, uh, through the lens of opportunity is because the Father is still asking that same question today. The second we see in Esther 4, um, verse 14, and, and the story, if you haven't read Esther in a long time, a fantastic book to read about God's, about God's faithfulness. And, and so um, Mordecai, Esther's uncle, again, um, oh, do we have it? Oh, yeah, cool. Um, Mordecai is Esther's uncle, and he's the, the Jews, the nation has found themselves an incredibly perilous situation. And he says something, I love it. He says, God's help is going to come, guaranteed. 
It's just whether or not it's going to come through you. And who knows? So why do we live through the, the lens of opportunity? Because who knows? Perhaps you, perhaps me, perhaps we have been made for such a time as this. The third is, is from 1 Samuel. And this is, a, uh, a, again, a quick, quick um, synopsis. is um, Jonathan and his armor bearer. Again, the, the army of Israel is facing an incredibly over, uh, incredibly difficult um, enemy. And, and most of the camp is feeling pretty, pretty down about it. But yet Jonathan, as we see in Scripture, is, he's got this daring plan that him and his armor bearer are going to go over and see what's going on. And he has this idea that... that that with God, it doesn't matter what else you add to it. You know, like, like just a couple of people, just him and I, just us. So why do we live through the lens of opportunity? Because what if we take a step into R-I-S-K or whatever it is? Maybe something extraordinary could happen. So we look through the lens, we live through the lens of opportunity of that's who our God is. That's what our God is like. And we have the benefit of seeing scripture that over and over and over again, God embraces and encounters that same type of spirit. And finally, in Acts 16, we see um, in Paul on his second missionary journey. So Paul is is traveling all around the area. and, And in scripture, he sees that he's trying to go and there's a roadblock in every sort of direction that he's going. And it's kind of, there's his plans aren't working out the way he thought. A bit like... 2021, um, and, and at one night then, he's, he's asleep, and he sees a vision of a man from Macedonia, and in his vision, this dream, this man cries out, please come to Macedonia and help us. So why do we live through the lens of opportunity? Because we still live in a world that is crying out for help. I wanted to remind us of those very important whys because we have, as Maharangi Vineyard, a tangible opportunity in front of us in the form of a permanent home for Maharangi Vineyard Church. Just wait, there's more. Um, after 34 years, this time of this, you know, after 34 years of being part of this community, we have the opportunity to have a home um, in the community that we have loved and served for 34 years. A place that we can set up the table of Jesus and leave it set up. A place where people can come and experience the radical, life-changing welcome of Jesus outside the hours of 10 and 11.30 on a Sunday morning. It is a time, I think we are in a time where Maharangi Vineyard um, can build into a legacy, something that goes beyond ourselves, something to leave our children and their children. Maybe it is the unbelievable, wonderful hormones of of a new grandparent flowing in me, but all of a sudden, I'm looking to these people and saying, what can I do for them? I want to leave, like those young people, did, did anyone else get the sense of like the mission and the vision that was standing in front of us? 
Like, and so, so what I want to do, the opportunity we have in front of us, is how incredible if, if a permanent home can be the foundation that those ministries and missions are built on. Like, like our ceiling becomes their floor. A place that our community can come to know as a place where they can find the love and the kindness of Jesus. A place to belong. A place to encounter a living and loving God. But before we go any further than that, I wanted to remind us or kind of maybe share with us a little bit of why we actually can't stay here. And there's some really big practical ones. The first of which is this building is, is scheduled for an absolutely incredibly long and protracted construction refurbishment. So the entire building is going to be closed for um, a very long extended period of time. Um, and I, Anyway, yeah, and so, um, so that is one of the reasons why we can't stay here. The second of which is the factory space ha- has served us so well in the way we've used it over the last 20 years. Um, however, it isn't suitable for gathering all together. If any, anyone who was at the Christmas Eve service, the sweltering health and safety risk where... I, th- I don't think we lost anyone, but we came close. But so... Um, we just know that, that obviously that building has got its limitations. Um, and simply really put, it, worked well for, it works well for us now because we use it um, on a Sunday morning when most of the rest of the commercial buildings are empty. But outside of a Sunday, um, there is very limited parking and, and really not an incredible environment to be in. We find ourselves in, in where the way we functioned after the last um, 30, 34 years, um, things like our evening worship practices are, are done in people's homes. It's more, more set up, more packed down. It, it makes actually the experience of what, again, another incredible worship time. I'm so grateful for, for all of the time and energy that people put into it. Things like out of the box. So out of the box is our, out of our food parcel program. It's housed mostly over at the factory in some storage cupboards, but, but I know they'll be annoyed that I'm going to say it, but John and Delise have, um, you know, have the whole back of their garage or a big chunk of their garage as overflow storage as well. Um, but what we'd, one of the things I'd love to see as I imagine and envision what our own home could look like is out of the box evolving into, into much more of a relational um, way to bless and love the people in our community. That it isn't a faceless um, box of food that, that turns up via one agency or another. Just imagine what God can do. And then, of course, our youth and our young people, these people that were standing up here, that our own home could be a place where they would find a safe and encouraging, life-giving place to hang out. And to be honest... I, um, my personality profile, as we, we went through as a leadership team, are, are strength finders. And one of, my, one of the characteristics of my strength finder um, makeup is just kind of this gut feel. My gut feel, which to half the room will totally relate, and the other half says, what does that have to do with any decision whatsoever? But take my word for it, it's right. No, <laughs> half the room agree. Um, but my gut is our time 
is coming to an end here in this building. There's no quantifying on that, but my gut's pretty good. Not to mention all of the other limitations that have come from Maharangi Vineyard um, not having a visible, accessible, seven-day-a-week place to call a home. So we have the opportunity to create a home for us now, but also for the future. We have an opportunity to create a home for Maharangi Vineyard Church, but we also have a place, an opportunity to create a place for our community. We believe that we have been made for such a time as this. That, that after sharing this place and setting up and packing down, and which, by the way, I'm on setup this morning, so if you can give me a hand at the end, that'd be cool <laughs> as well. Um, after week in and week out, rolling out the welcome mat, but at the end of it, rolling it back up again, I think that we've been called for a time where we roll out the welcome mat and it doesn't get put away. So how is this even possible, he asks. Well, it's possible when everyone in the room and everyone who's listening gives of their time, of their energy, of their money, of their talents, of their prayers, and of course, God. So I want to invite Brent and Selena up to share a little bit. I'll grab you a chair. I will give you this one. Do you want to sit or stand? I'll sit, I think. All right. Do you, oh, am I in the middle? A rose, a rose between... Oh, no. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to sit. I got dressed today, this morning, too, so I looked as good as he did. So <laughs> I thought I needed to be as swish, Keegan, as Brent is. So, um, yeah, here. Let, actually, you go there. And I'll stand back here. Thanks, Lyndon. So um, just a little bit of our journey to share with you. Brent and I established a foundation called Jagriti Foundation in New Zealand. It's a charitable trust. It supports women in New Zealand with a, fo a real focus on safety, on education, on um, support for addiction and substance abuse issues. And we did that with three other fantastic trustees. So we, we have our own trust that does that. Jagriti um, is an old Sanskrit word that means gifting hope to rise up. Over the past years um, together, we have had the honour of being invited into some really challenging life stories of, of, young, of women, beautiful women who we love dearly, but their worlds like all of us at times, their worlds are really messy. One of the support avenues has been the establishment of what we call Jagriti House. It's a private, safe, sober living home environment for women in our community. The local property has been used for many women to support in their challenging journeys over the, over the recent years. Yes, challenge, extra challenges through COVID, but but we've still seen women journeying through really challenging times to places of hope. 
Um, yet, with all such initiatives like this, there are huge challenges, as you could well imagine. One of them being that we, sim we need more simply than Brent and I to, to support these precious women's lives. Uh, on a little aside note here, when we needed help, when we'd actually begun to wonder for a time if it was just too much for us and if we could manage any further, our incredibly gracious Heavenly Father held us together and our Jagridi Foundation trustees really encouraged us to lean into this community. They don't know you, but they encouraged us to lean into this community. So from there, when we needed a safe home for women, Maharangi Vineyard turned up. And, they, and you know who you are. You prayed over our site with us. When we needed help, when I needed Brent to have some help around the property, Kevin turns up week after week with his incredible servant heart. Mm. When we needed furniture for the home, Joanne and Bernard and others here in this room, gifted. When we needed a break from 24-7 care and support, Angela, Cherry, turned up to care with no judgment at all, just love and to pray. When we needed to remove all excuses for one of our most beautiful young women to go into an extremely difficult detox situation, Steph and Alistair became puppy caregivers. When we were confronted at one time with actually real fear and wondering if we could continue on another day, members of this community watched over us and prayed for us. And these challenging moments have now turned into a new way of life for one of our women. We know who our community is, and we know who we choose to journey with. Thank you, Jesus. A little time back, a little bit around the time when Lyndon was talking about what should we do next, um, Lyndon and Angela were talking, a little time back, we were overcome by a thought. Could we steward the value of our Jagriti women's home to support more lives in our community? more lives? Could we consider all of the challenges that we were having while repurposing the home to serve more? It stayed with us. At the same time, we here together were beginning to reflect on building and locations and challenges and dreams and all of that was shared by Lyndon and Angela. As we just, as he said, we've been in the community, you've been in the community for 30 plus years never had a place to call home, might this be an opportunity for all of us mm. to be a part of something more for Jesus in our lives and here in this community? Over to my good-looking husband. So we shared our ideas with Lyndon and Angela and conversations began about what's possible. We look for possible locations that were local, because that's fairly important. You don't want to have to travel half an hour. Accessible, serving the Maharangi needs, because as a church, it has different needs to other places. Hmm. But it also had to serve Jagriti's needs, because we need to look after our women still. They're very precious. 
but we needed to have, of course, resource consent for a uh, community place of worship. So the council has to get involved. And it had to be affordable. That doesn't put more burden on our community, this community here, mm -hmm. than what is needed to serve it in the way we want to and in, in places of need. And that was pretty important. So Lyndon got to it quickly, and he discovered a site that was for sale, a possible site. We had a clear budget because um, it's not a limitless bank. But after a lot of prayer and discussion, we actually made an offer. But the answer was no, too low. So we walked away and we kept praying because that's the thing that's held us together all along. Hmm. Ironically, Lyndon kept the brochure for this site in his bag the whole time. And I gather he still has it there. Yeah, it's still there. <laughs> Then weeks later, the agent for this place actually came back to us. Out of the blue, Selena was actually standing in the paddock with the sheep, and the phone rang. This time it was really good. This time was really good for us to work things through, because in the interim we've been thinking about, yeah, we really like this site, but if it doesn't work, well, that's life. We'll find something else. But after reconsidering all the parts, the vendor accepted our offer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Since then, it's been a journey to seek resource consent and the possibilities of all the bits that go around that for a place of worship. Mm. Along with the journey of selling Jagriti House, because that's the bit that funds all this. And it's still a process we're working through. So our vision, which we want to share with you, is... <laughs> A Maharangi Vineyard community home to belong to seven days a week. Mm. A place of worship that lifts the roof. A place for us to do life together. A place to celebrate and to share life moments. A place where people meet Jesus and his heart. A place of shared responsibility and a place where there's opportunities for all of us to share our gifts and talents and hearts. It also needs to be a place where our Jagriti women can have a safe community and meet Jesus through us. Mm. And a place to meet community needs where we get to do this together. So they're pretty bold dreams. And there's lots of pieces not in place yet but we wanted to invite you into our journey. Cool. Thank you. Give these guys a big round of applause. So again, I want to reiterate the question, so how is this even a possibility? Um, and really, again, the answer is for everyone in the room to get involved. You know, these guys and their incredibly generous actions or, or movements of faith and risk are, are really, uh, we, we wanted to share them as, as an inspiration, but also as a provoking of what can I do? What can we all do? We all have, uh, I believe, we all will have a part to play um, in, in this process. So where is it? Enough is enough. Here we go. Can you turn the light off at the back, Angela, maybe? So at the moment, it is Matavino Vineyard. 
And soon enough, soon enough. Um, so a little bit about the property. So we're talking about the property is at 6 Hamilton Road. If you came from Walkworth, you've driven past it. If you would get into your car now and drive to it, it is about three to five minutes away, depending on how you drive. <laughs> Probably 15 minutes if you're the person in front of me who's always driving. No, anyway, but really, really close. Um, so 6 Hamilton Road. So that is that big intersection that's been being reworked for the pipeline. There's lots of work there. So the intersection's been redone and upgraded, which actually has really helped quite a bit. Um, it is visible from Sandspit Road, the main road, has access just off of, as, as I say, Hamilton Road, 9.1 hectares of north-facing land, divided into, no, oh, there's a 9 by 16 meter shed company building on it at the moment, so that's 144 square meters. Um, that's where we'd look at being able to use as our, as our gathering place. There's nine fully fenced paddocks, each with their own boar-fed troughs. So there's a boar on site as well. There's um, three well-established varieties of red Italian grapes. I mean, honestly, I feel like I should have just started with a vineyard church buying a vineyard and you all get your checkbooks out. Like, how is that not totally God? Like, come on. And I think we would certainly be the only vineyard in New Zealand, but I don't know of any other vineyard in the world that is a vineyard. So, like, I feel like, come on. So just if you're not a red drinker, there are also Chardonnay and another white variety as well. So <laughs> half the room is sold, the other half are with me. Um, but yeah, so that's there as well. And then on top of that, which is the piece that really felt incredible, was as well as all of that, there are two other titles. So there's six A, B, and C. A and B are two three-bedroom standalone houses as well. So one of which, the front one would be the furthest away from the building would be um, the Degridi home. And the second, the middle one, which is closer to the um, the building itself, would be for our creche and tribe and our kids programs as well. So it would mean that we could get in very, very quickly. Um, and then and really give give space for youth. So what next? We didn't actually want to go any further um, than this without all of you. We we've done quite a lot of due diligence as as Brent and Selena have sort of said. Um, but but we really know that that at this point um, we and we've we've shared with our trustees, um, the Maharangi Vineyard trustees, our leadership team, key staff members, our national vineyard um, leadership as well. But but really we we wanted this morning to be a special morning that we're all. Um, 
come along on the journey. So as Brent said, this actually isn't a done deal. We have, um, and we felt like it was really important to get to a place where we had a lot of the commercially sensitive information sorted before we, we went public. Um, but, but really there is, there is a few things that we sort of need to go through in the, in the due diligence process, um, but, but really felt like now was a great time. That we didn't want to take such a significant step forward in, in the, in the um, life of Maharingi Vineyard without inviting as many of us as possible along for the journey. It, tr it truly is about the journey, not, not just the destination. I guess my pastoral heart is, I would love to see as many of us in the room be able to grow in our own faith during this process. Being able to, to actually know what it is to, to risk, as John Wimber would say, in what it is to follow Jesus and to see what God can do. I'd love for those examples that I started with to be our own lived experience. That what if we were to step into 6 Hamilton Road and see what God did? I'd love for that to be our experience. So where are we at? Maybe we can turn the lights back on or a light back on. We have, as Brent said, we have a signed conditional contract. We have engaged and spoken to our local or a local um, town planner and met with them. They gave us a couple of really, probably the ver well, not probably the the very first thing they said was um, we needed to get a traffic report. That that seems to be the really big kind of thing. Who knew there were things called traffic engineers? I don't know. But anyway, they exist. And they charge really well too. Um, but anyway, we got a very, very favorable um, traffic report. Some of the initial concerns that they m were just sort of thinking about came back as not concerns at all. The fact that, as I said before, the fact that that intersection on Hamilton Road has been completely upgraded due to the works has lended it's a very, very favorable um, for, for us. Um, so really good there. We have um, the zoning of the property itself is called um, mixed rural, which has, has allowances in it for places of worship as a discretionary um, use. So it, that, that in and of itself is a very big open door. Um, and, and then also then we have some the big hurdles. Obviously what Brent and Selena said, one of the biggest hurdles is obviously the sale of the current Jagridi house, which has a conditional offer on it, but just hasn't been taken over, over the line. So that is going to be one of our big prayer hurdles that we'd love you to get involved in. And now I'm going to invite the big guns up. Angela, come on down. No. So I'm, I'm so aware that this is a really heaps of news. Um, this is only the start of our ongoing conversations. So as you're thinking about questions, as you're thinking about, um, Mike there, as you're thinking about things you'd like to know and ask, um, please know that, that, you know, give me a ring, give me and send me an email. We'd love to, um, as I say, involve you all in the process. But really, where, where to from here is our next See, this is the details bit. Yeah, this that's why I was going to say that. But yeah, he's like, I need you. To I'll come zone out. out. I'll be back with you in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so.
Um, no, he's helping me. I said, I'm not doing it all by myself. You can suck it up. Um, pray. So that really, yeah. like, we just can't say that enough. And I think the biggest thing we need to pray for is that sale of the current Jagridi house. This obviously our offer on Hamilton Road is going to expire if that house doesn't sell. So that's kind of the, the huge hurdle. But uh, pray for the process. We've got mm. council consents to get through, which that I can't even think about, but um, it's a process. We have neighbours on that property. Um, so just, yeah, pray around all of that. Mm. Great. Um, practical skills. Man, I'm looking at you builders. I'm looking at you drafts people. <laughs> if you've got skills, if you've got practical skills, gardeners, um, if you can dig a hole and plant a tree, we're going to need you. Um, but what we'd love to do is for all of us to bring our gifts and our talents to seeing this happen. So, so if you've got skills, if you're excited, if you want to be part of it, please let us know. And then we'll be, we're going to be um, creating a, a place to call home team. It's a group of people that will be able to um, help sort of journey through the, the practical steps, assuming that, that the, the property goes unconditional. It's still you. Oh, it's still me. Um, and then finally, um, and probably most importantly, is give. Um, mission has always cost money, and, and this is no different. The, the vision of having our own home is going to come down to, has lots of components to it, but one of the essential is, is money. And so I know, and I wanted to just go on, or start here, is that just a few weeks ago, or the first week in March, Angela and I were up here in this same place, and we were sharing about, with just a couple of weeks left in the financial year, we were looking at a 21K loss for the year. Um, we had all of this in the background, so you can sort of see where we were going. It was kind of like, this feels not cool, like one going this direction and this going that way. But, but I just wanted to share with you all, like almost immediately after we shared that, we have seen an incredible turnaround in our giving. We've had new givers sign up and set up APs. We've had lots of people who uh, obviously, or we've had people look at their a APs and increase it. And we actually finished the financial year not at a 21K loss, um, but a 4000 4, Way too much detail. Under $5,000 loss for the year, which is inco incredible. Like that's in, like in COVID. Like it'd be great if it was in the red, in, in, you know, but, or in the black, sorry. But, um, but that's incredible. And so we wanted to say thank you to all of those people who responded. Like, like that shift is just ordinary people going away and asking the question, God, what do you want me to do with the finances that you've entrusted to me? That's it. And look, look what that can do. So if you haven't already started on the journey of, of if you're followed, or if you're on the journey of following Jesus, but that journey hasn't included your money and possessions yet, at the risk of sounding like an um, infomercial, there is no better time than now to start giving. Um, it sounds terrible. And wait, we'll give you a set of steak knives for free. <laughs> All new now. Um, but yeah. if you haven't already looked at it, can I encourage you to do so? You will never regret 
following Jesus in that way of, of giving. Yeah, and like we said back in March, if you um, haven't yet looked at your AP you have set up, we would love you to just consider that with God and, and consider increasing it if you're able to do so. As we've heard from Brent and Selena, their actions of faith and risk and generosity, we have just been given this incredible leg up opportunity. But with it comes responsibility for all mm. of us. And we, re we really feel that, but we kind of need everyone to feel that with us. Um, making the space a home is going to be expensive. Now, I just want to clarify, not we are not for a second thinking millions of dollars because I could not sleep at night if that was what it was going to be. Um, we're not thinking that at all. We, we've really gone into this, hopefully, with our eyes wide open. We well, do I think one of, the, one of the things that attracted all of us to the property was the doability of it. Yes, we will be worshiping God in a shed company shed, but what? It, but it will be our shed company shed. Mm. Do you know? So I hope you're not thinking stained glass windows. <laughs> um, but um, oh, yeah, so we do have an expensive consent process to walk through. That was really hard when we went into the place. Lynn and said to them, his first words out of his mouth were, "Can we just do it? Like, do we have to get permission?" <laughs> Um, and just ask for forgiveness later. And the consultant guy was like, Are you He put serious? his hands at his head and was like, Nord had in his hands and said, No, no. Um, so realistically, they've said, but just for the consents to, um, for a place of worship, it's looking between 80 to 100K to meet the requirements. I just want to clarify that would be wherever we went. Believe it or not, within the council, places of worship don't really fall anywhere. Um, so, mo I mean, not every, obviously, if we bought a church, I imagine it would be different. But if you're buying a space that has not been used for that before, um, it's a process to walk through with council consents. That's right. And we are so aware that that is a lot of money for paperwork. Like, it, it hurts <laughs> my heart when I hear it. Um, but then, for me, I was kind of thinking about, we've, we've in, our, in our own personal life, have built houses, have renovated houses. But anyone who knows, when you build a house, a whole lot of money goes in the ground, literally. And you never see it again. Um, and so, for us, I, for me, that was really helpful to think of, this is just building a great foundation. This is building a wonderful foundation that then will go down and we'll never see it again. And, and these children and young people that are here that will be doing incredible things with Jesus will never think about the time and energy and the sacrifice that we all made to make this a place of worship. Um, but, but nonetheless, we want to do it once and we want to do it right. Yeah, we want to make the building safe and legal and compliant, even though Lyndon was trying to dodge all of that. Um, <laughs> we won't do that. It is, a, a, it is a modern steel structure and that is really favourable for us, but we do need to add toilets and it, it's got a very tiny kitchen and obviously we need to make it sound better because it would probably sound pretty dreadful as it is right now with us. Um, as good as worship team is, they, I don't think they could um, overcome the, the tin shed. But yeah, so how can you get involved and how can you partner in this? So what we've done, which we'll send this out to you, you don't have to remember, but we've set up a separate bank account for this opportunity and we would like to invite everyone here, everyone who considers Mahurangi Vineyard there, 
their church to go away and pray and ask God how he wants you to be involved. Mm. Pray with the words of Esther in mind, you know, being made for such a time as this. What does that mean for you and your family? We're also so aware, those of you who have contacted me about your giving receipts, it's like there was, it was very intentional that you have not received them yet, so I apologise. Um, but we're really aware at this time of year that those who give, you receive a third of it back in the form of a donation rebate. And so our invitation to be to you would be, would you consider donating that back again to this cause? Um, you may be in a position to give more, so we don't want to... But wait, <laughs> Don't <more>. be limited. <laughs> yeah. um, so we just love you to consider that. And I hope you know our hearts. We yeah. have never, we've never been big people to hammer on about money, and we never will be. But, and that's why this process is important to us, how we do it. Mm. So your donation receipts will be emailed to you this week. They're all, they're all done. It's just been waiting for today. Great. Everything else? Very good. I know many of us in the room are excited. Um, it's a big thing. It's, it's kind of lots of things to get your head around. We, we expect, and there will be the, the um, external processors and the internal processors. Um, and so all of it we want to, um, we're going to basically be um, adding on to the website as well as frequently asked questions come in, if you've got, if you've got ideas, that kind of thing will we'll be, this is really just the start of, of what we believe and hope for will be a, an incredibly encouraging conversation. But, but by all means, please bring, bring your questions. Uh, as you pray, we would love to hear um, what, what the Holy Spirit is saying and how, how he's encouraging. Um, I was so, it was so neat, and I think we're we're over time, but I want to end with this. I, Dej, if we get that song ready, Dej came to me at the very beginning of the year where we, um, where we had um, this kind of bubbling away in the background. I think it was actually at the point where the vendor had, she didn't know any of that, but it was at the point where the vendor had said initially, no way, like, forget it, like, cross out that number and start with a higher number even. And so it, it, it felt so far away. And then, and then Dej, I saw her for the first time in the year, and she just said, man, I'd love you to listen to this song. It really feels like it is for Maharingi Vineyard for the year. And it was so encouraging. So we're going to play that. But what I think is there are more encouragements in the room via all of us. And so we'd love to hear as you're praying, as you're thinking about, as you're dreaming with us, the, the little encouragements along the way that, that the Holy Spirit is going to be whispering to us. We are at? I don't even know where Dej is. Come oh, you're there. Oh, you're good. Come gather around the mystery of love in our 